Ahoy there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with people in the front row and people in the know. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no cappin'. Uh, how was your weekend, buddy? Uh, it was, it was, it was all right. Yeah, uh, I got to see the Buster Cups live. You know, that's mm-hmm. a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I mean, I've done it like seven times, but... Well, you've I've lived, lived seven lives. Yeah, you've lived more lives mm-hmm. than uh, than most people. I, re- I thought the Buster Cups were awesome. I thought they had a great performance. I thought they had great stage presence, great lyrics. I will say odd choice for them to have all their beats made by a deaf and diabetic anteater. I, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I've, they didn't explicitly say that, but I have to assume based on how uh, poorly all their music was produced. That makes sense. They just let a deaf and diabetic anteater kind of just step on the keyboard while FL Studio was open. What does the diabetic part matter? <laughs> he's producing music. <laughs> also, he's an anteater with diabetes. <laughs> You're right. He's a deaf anteater who suffers from diabetes. Mm-hmm. Or not suffers. Is that problematic? That's who- problematic, bro. Who overcomes, thrives, who thrives with diabetes. But I think that's a pretty cool little like artistic gimmick for a rap comedy group mm. to only use bad beats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a cool gimmick. No, no, no. For those of you that don't know, Adrian is the one who produces the Buster Cup songs, or a lot of them at least. The ones they performed, and they were very good beats. I was the anteater in this analogy. <laughs> I don't know what Paul's trying to say with that, but. That you have a majestic nose that sucks like ants. What a what's a lazy scientist named the anteater? Is that funny? Is that a is that a bit? That seems like a bit. Like if you got to ask the anteater, he'd be like, you know, my name's Kevin. I have a wife. I have kids. I have a job. I'm a lawyer. There's so much more to me besides the fact that I like munching on ants. <laughs> and I do like munching on ants. Don't get me wrong. That is a big part it's, of but who it's I not, am. It's not like my whole thing, though. It's not my whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a funny. That's a funny bit. Do you think anteaters and capybaras beef over who's the weirder animal? No, I think it'd be anteaters and what's the thing where like there's the just different version of it in the other part of the world that like Oh uh Adrian, I know this one from co- of conversations with you. That's covergent evolution. Convergent. God damn God, it. I'm a bad teacher. <laughs> no wonder no wonder all your undergrads fail. Uh aardvarks are uh, very like similar in size and shape and ecology, I think. But they evolved relatively separately? Yeah, like one's only found in South America and one's only found in Africa, I think. Mm. I forget which one is which. I think the anteater is South America. I think so. That makes sense. Aardvark? I think, yeah, I think that have to that has to be like an African word, right? I feel like I'm only saying this because I think there's an aardvark in one of the Lion King movies. That's why I think they're African. An aardvark is a nocturnal, long-snouted, burrowing South African mammal. Told so you. Right. Now Google Aardvark and Lion King. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's cute. Yeah, look at that guy. What a little fella. Look at that little rascal. What a little Marcel with the shell with shoes. You watched that movie yet? No. 
I really don't have no plans to. I mean, I'm just not ready to cry in the theater again. Oh, you watched Watch it? It's everything everywhere. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you had watched it. You cried during everything everywhere all at once? I started to tear up at the end. Aw. I'm sorry yeah. I've been so mean about that movie. Well, no, it makes sense. You know, I, I, I'm hashtag stop Asian hate and you're whatever the other is. Start the opposite of stop Asian this hate. Is that conver- this is that conversation from Seinfeld where the, the opposite isn't the opposite of every <laughs> word. So <laughs> it's the opposite of the intention. What, what What's the opposite of Asian? I'm not touching that. I'm not. It seems like a setup. Hashtag start European love. The opposite of hashtag stop Asian hate. Ooh, I'm surprised European people didn't do that in response to stop Asian hate of just being like, hey, can we get some attention over here? <laughs> what if it was like some hilariously specific country like the Norwegians are like, it's been too long where nobody is acknowledging the suffering of the Norwegian people. Hashtag start Norwegian love. I love that. Oh, anyways, yeah. So you, did you want to say anything more about the Buster Cups? You didn't think that they, uh, it seemed like they were kind of out of shape and not very good at holding their breath and uh, or doing their <laughs> breath control or sometimes didn't really hit their lyrics really clearly or no uh, dude are you kidding me the the dancing phil was doing i it, that would be impossible if you were only doing three sets to do mm-hmm. that level of like selling every dance move and every lyric and yes mm-hmm. they clearly aren't classically trained musicians who have lungs full of air to belt out (laughs) but they came through with a ton of energy and i appreciated it you didn't didn't think that like sometimes the flow in some of the lyrics was really clumsy as if they were trying to fit too many words in to make it the rhyme scheme cool (laughs) i will (laughs) i will say that room was like the people before them were all stand-ups and that room was a tiny room in the office building in the basement not basement in the ground level of a bank office building it was about a hundred square foot room they were performing in the oddest vibe i've ever been at for a music show uh was just like 20 fold-out chairs set up and honestly like it was one of those situations where there was probably like on parody like about half the people there half uh, about a fourth of the people there were staffing the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a good ratio. I mean, this is uh, no disrespect to them, but it was like a very odd vibe that was like brightly lit while they were having mm-hmm. to do this. Um, so very odd vibes. And for like the fact that they still sold it with as much energy as it feels like they probably do every show is like, I can't I imagine how much like kind of used to that yeah how much like mental toughness that takes to be like okay i'm still gonna give this my all despite the fact that the vibes are completely not right for this type of show that's uh it's real early career grinding type stuff for sure yeah it was and i thought yeah like obviously they could have really like it would be really much easier to do that performance on a stage in a dark room where yeah you know which if you ever get to see them like that it's great the comedy festival in greenville they had a great set exactly and but they still like brought professionalism and energy that i couldn't believe to that show i like how you have a little bit of obama to you when you say professionalism (laughs) now let me be clear now let me be clear sasha and malia would have loved this show (laughs) michelle she doesn't like that young hip-hop stuff i do i'm cool have you seen my spotify playlist it's rad as hell (laughs) i got some deep cuts definitely listen to everything on there uh, that's not made by my staff to make me look relevant and <laughs> hip. 
God, I wish Bernie put out his summer Spotify playlist. <laughs> it's just the sounds of, like, train engines. <laughs> Interspersed with old, like, folk jazz and blues songs. <laughs> Every one of them starts with, like, hearing you put the needle on the record. <laughs> Still be hard as hell. Oh, and then the one Run the Jewel song. <laughs> and the one Cardi B song on there. <laughs> Okay, and so I did. I heard that you you said this as a joke, but you actually did try and steal my identity successfully. Uh, my dad. Uh, no, actually, I didn't have to steal your identity to get into the after party. It turned out the after party, but you still did it. Yeah, I mean, I did tell everybody I was Adrian. You t- you well, you did it to get a, t- a drink ticket. Oh yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Sorry. Oh okay. I thought you were purposely being coy about it. Last night was a movie, man. I've forgotten half of what happened. Uh, and then I heard that Izzy also tried to uh, steal someone in the band's identity to get a drink to <laughs> unsuccessfully. <laughs> Dude, I've completely forgotten all this. I did get a free drink ticket. I don't think I used it. I had to leave before I could use it. Yeah. Oh, damn. So he stole my identity for no reason. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what Izzy said? Because Phil couldn't remember, but he thought it was so funny that like she tried to convince them that she was another part of the band. <laughs> I can't remember, man. And last night really was. It was uh, Last night was a movie, man. Hmm. But yeah, shout out to uh, shout out to the boys. What was the what's uh what's the little drink you made for yourself? Like, you know, it's not often you see like blue Gatorade is like a oh that's vodka. exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, it's blue Gatorade and vodka. It's blue Gatorade vodka and a lot of citrus. I had like limes and lemons, and I squeezed a bunch of that citrus in there. I could you say that being good. Uh, the idea was I had a bit of like a rough throat, and I kind of wanted to make a hot toddy, but I didn't have time. But I was like, a lot of citrus would kind of do it for me right now. Like, I really wanted something super heavy on the sour. I see, I see. Um, nice. Uh, shout out to Mellow Mushroom in Colombia that has a stoner theme, and for some reason they all thinks do. it's really that's cool. That's Mellow Mushroom thing to have, like, bong water on the menu. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Also, I was more just, like, giving people the general geolocation, not the one specific one in Colombia. Oh, yeah, I thought, like, <laughs> I you was were more very just stupid, people like, into <laughs> the one in Colombia, the manager just happens no, no, no. to be a stoner, and he's really gone just off giving the rails. Our, just given what is proven to both of us time and time again to be a very international audience, just giving them a sense of where this place is. For our Roma- uh, Columbia, South Carolina, for our Romanian audience, which for some reason is extensive. Um... I assume they're mostly trying to learn English. Probably. We do use, like, all of the keywords that you use in a day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure our first episode was C-Spot Run was uttered at least five times. <laughs> um, but yeah, their, their uh, blue Gatorade and vodka drink is called Bong Water, and I just, it was, I always found that so off-putting and disgusting. So, random thought. Something somebody told me last night, and it, it was a advice for the podcast, and I don't want to... Ooh. Advice or criticism? Because you know how we handle criticism. We ignore it and pretend it doesn't exist. No, it was mm-hmm. advice. He said to me, Paul, you need to trademark Big Facts No Cap as soon as you possibly can. Jesus mm-hmm. and Mero just broke up, and you know at least one of them is going to make that podcast if you don't. Oh, damn, that's a good-ass point. <laughs> that's good advice. So, Adrian, I, when I heard that, I was actually like, a little taken aback. I was like, I've never heard somebody say anything more intelligent about our show. That's absolutely yep. true. That's, That's incredibly in- insightful and useful advice. We're going to owe him half the royalties. Um, <laughs> and also, we, I, we we need to beat out that rapper, No Cap, who uh, has a mixtape. All caps, No Cap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think he has anything named Big Facts, No Cap. His name is No Cap, and he has a song or album named 
big fact. Does he? It's something like that. Because when you Google oh, big that's facts, way too close. Yeah. that's way too close. That's way too close. I don't like that at all. I hate too because the, the reason I found out about that is because he was on the trending page for YouTube, and I was like, "Damn it, he's so much bigger than us too." <laughs> I think that that's algorithm basing stuff off what you Google, Adrian. I don't think that guy was actually trending. The trending page? Yeah. You mean the page on YouTube where you click trending and it gives you the list of what's trending on YouTube? Oh, uh, maybe I don't know. Why are you on that page? Are you twelve? What do you mean? So I just like to see what's going on. I like to see what the people are watching. Get out of my own little echo chamber. Okay, cool. Well, I had a very boring weekend, so I have nothing to share. So I'm glad we were able to focus on uh, your loopy-ass, crazy-ass, wild ride weekend. Mm-hmm. Dude, I was also, I don't know if I was laughing too loud. I legitimately thought everything that was happening was so funny at the Buster Cups show, but I was very drunk. Do you have, like, a number one with a bullet which song you like the most or anything like that? Or Oh, uh, Adrian uh, or Phil's dancing during Swivel Chair was pretty entertaining. And Patrick, I mean, Swivel Chair might be our magnum opus. I'm not going to lie. That might be as good as we get. And Patrick running out to try to convince the people leaving the Weird Al show to come in and watch them was mm. also, he's like, you guys like, you guys like, uh, you guys like comedy music? Come in here. <laughs> it didn't work. Not a single person was convinced. <laughs> Damn. I'm joking. I think some people were. Yeah, I was laughing really hard at everything. I was very drunk, but I think it also had to do with the fact that they were talented and good. I also, I don't think we've made this clear enough to the audience. Uh, Phil, who has been on the show multiple times, is one of the rappers in the Buster Cups. And then our friend Patrick is the other rapper. And then I'm their producer. Did you? I think you might have said that already, but uh, I don't know if we make it clear. Thank you for, uh, clip us back to the beginning of the conversation if we need yeah, to. Wrap it back around. Wrap, wrap, wrap around back to this clip. Do you have any other media roundup or anything from this week? No. I got a couple of things. Uh... I finished season two of Woke on Hulu. It was a fun ride. Not as good as season one, I don't think, but pretty fun. If you like the first season, you'll like the second season. Let's see. New season of Primal started, and I wanted to catch up. Um, so I, I downloaded the first season just to like skim through it and like remind myself of what happened. And it's such a dope, engaging show that I ended up just rewatching the first season last night. So didn't even get to season two yet because uh, I was just wait. Really, the, the, the cartoon about fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, dude, it's great. If you like Samurai Jack, it's the same guy. It's like such a great series. I watched it and I liked it, but I I don't know. I oh really? I love it. I, it could have used some dialogue. <laughs> I'm <What>? joking. <laughs> Wouldn't that be such a funny take on like just like I don't like the like the central premise and conceit? <laughs> it could have used more character. <laughs> I would have really liked it if it was set in the modern day, maybe like a group of friends in New York, like yeah, just trying to make it, <laughs> trying to make it, like around their thirties. Like some of them are goofy and funny, but there's like an emotional heft to it too. They should do that. <laughs> you should do that. You should do that instead of primal. Uh, and then the other thing is, uh, Syria's back, baby. Uh, opening day fixture, Milan Udinese. Uh, 4-2 was the final score. Uh, kicked their asses, bruh. Wait, uh, just to make it clear, uh, Adrian, as a sole soccer fan, or football fan, as you like to be called, uh, on this podcast, uh... I've never once mandated that. <laughs> as you smugly always correct people on, it's football, actually. Most of the world. It, 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 I, I specifically have gone anti on that rant. <laughs> um, you never get any pushback on your takes on on the on the slightly less beautiful game than hockey yeah no one no one ever tells me to eat a dick and adam basically uh as a unbiased observer i have to say he using logic 
completely dismantled logic and facts. He completely dismantled nope, every one of your points about how Milan has a doesn't have as much budget as these uh British teams and basically made you look like a little bitch. And I just I, want to make I, it clear. I, re- to- I reject that assessment. I don't know. How, I don't know what else to say. I just need to make it clear to our audience that Adrian doesn't really know what he's talking about. Well, you can make that clear about everything we talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did respond to his points, and then he didn't respond. I assume because uh, he had nothing to say. But oh no, it, it was getting really personal, so I stopped sharing <laughs> your guys' text. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was also weird too. Is that Adam has my number, but for some reason, this was all mediated through us <laughs> sending text to Paul, and then he would screenshot them and send them to. <laughs> <laughs> the corresponding Adam's party. Adam's last reply to you was a little too mean, so I was like, I'm cutting that foot off here. <laughs> Never even got to see it, goddamn. What an idiot. But I, I will say it was uh, it was actually really compelling points, and you probably wouldn't have been able to debate them. Well, I never got to see them, so. Eh, don't worry about it. I, I can tell already. Uh, and that's it for me. So that's all the things I have. Uh, Paul, do you want to get into the theme, or do you want to talk about something else? Let's get into Anything the else theme. else you want to get off your chest? No, let's get into the theme, buddy. Concerts. Recently, I can't believe I didn't bring this up on pod. I went with Phil from the Buster Cups to see Kendrick Lamar perform. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought you up on stage? Yeah, 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 yeah. On that part where he's like, um, uh, on that song where he's like, uh, Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe, he brought Phil on stage. Mm. And then... Um, <laughs> For that song that was like, my dick's to be as big as the Eiffel Tower, he brought me on stage because he was like, your dick is as big as the Eiffel Tower, so that would be... You're like, this is what I was talking about, this is what I was alluding to. <laughs> he was like, for demonstration purposes, this guy. <laughs> and this is like a weird week for me, because coming up, oh my god, I need to text Sean about this, but Sleigh Bells is coming in. I guess this isn't the concert, it's a comedy show, but I'm going to see Comedy Bang Bang. How about you? Any good concerts recently? Nope, not really. I've seen, I go to a lot of places with live music, but, you know, yeah. I wouldn't really call that a concert. It doesn't really feel the same at all, really, to be honest. All right. What are your generic idea on concerts? What are your favorite type of concerts? What are your favorite types of venues? What was your first concert? Oh, that that's something I think I don't remember. I had that conversation in a group recently, and it was really embarrassing because I was like, mine was Winter Jam, which was a uh, winter Christian uh, rock band uh, compilation show. Uh, that I think I went to with my neighbors and friends with from church at like twelve years old. Mm. I think I saw uh, what is it Switchfoot? I think is a famous like no oh. or the Newsboys. <laughs> the Newsboys. That's the band they go to see at the end of God's Not Dead, the original film. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw them live, bro. And let me tell you, a cr- incredible live. My first concert is I went to see I went to see a orchestra. I can't remember which one. In like seventh grade, with my friend's family. They invited me to go see an orchestra with them. Um, my general thoughts. My general thoughts is that um, I've always been lucky in concerts in the sense that the type of music that I've liked has always been like max. The ticket price is like $30 at the most. Mm. So concerts were always have, have and always been like really accessible for me. Like I remember when my sister wanted to see Gwen Stefani in high school. Like that ticket had to be like her Christmas present. I was like, you know, we can't like that wasn't like you can just afford to do that one weekend. That was like a, my parents had to plan and afford it or whatever. Whereas like, you know, I was going to like $12 shows at New Berlin Tavern all the time or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's like 25 bucks to go see Pine Grove. So that's one thing. It's oh, like, Pine Grove is this week. That's another one. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, you're going to go see them? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. That's a fun time. So yeah, that's one thing. Usually they're pretty affordable for me. They're pretty enjoyable. 
I usually go to see bands that are small enough that you can kind of just basically talk to the people afterwards. Like, I've definitely talked to multiple just band members from bands that I know. Like, and they'll even, like, you know, like, work the merch table after the show or something like that. Like, you know, it's usually pretty small people. Like, when I went to Decca's show for the openers, he was just Wait, in the like audience. you're like, seeing the bands uh, staffed by elves or dwarves? Like, they're small people? Paul, you're not going to take the assignment seriously. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just move on. What's the third segment? <laughs> Hey, Adrian, I'm not the one using ableist language. That's not me either, bro. Call, I use calling dwarves people first small, language. Calling dwarves small people? Uh, you're talking about bands, uh, talking about musical acts that are small people? Uh, you're talking about the twins from Reservation Dogs? Is this the riff you want to do for like 10 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> they do do music, though. That's what like, I they, heard. They are, yeah. yeah, they do release music. I haven't listened to them. Is it good? I haven't heard it. No. I was like, I just don't think I can connect with it personally. I'm just, I don't think it's music for me. Wait, what? I like music by tall people about how, what it's like to be a tall person in the world. <laughs> Man, being average height is crazy. You don't even notice <laughs> most things. They're all hey, about where they hey. should be for you to reach. Having a great time. Hey, I'm 5'9". Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I only need a step ladder for certain situations where something is kind of out of reach, but not that frequently. <laughs> I'm five nine. I can't get no higher. Five nine. If that matters in my Twitter bio. <laughs> Wait, no, it'd be Tinder. That's where people say that. I'm Royce. <laughs> I'm Royce the five nine. Literally. <laughs> Girl, can we still date? I know you five nine, but you five eleven with them heels on. I read it in your mm. bio, but is it cool? Can we still date? Don't wear them heels, though. <laughs> hey, I'm five nine. For some reason, people still make TikToks about me being a short king. <laughs> Wait, Adrian, how tall are you? 5'1". Oh. Really? 5'3 in heels. <laughs> I thought you were taller than that. I always forget how actually short you are because, I don't know, you give off. I'm petite. I, I just, uh, in my in my mind, you just take up so much space that physically I expect you to take up. So- I know you're short, but I just don't you're expect just you saying, to be 5'1". You're just saying I'm so fat one. that you forget that I'm short. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not my fault that you roll into most rooms, so I see your wits. <laughs> <laughs> before i see your height <laughs> it's just more efficient when you get as big as you are <laughs> oh wait why why did we go down that rabbit we made you actually made it into like a 10 minute rabbit hole uh anyways that was my point i've been to very few shows in like arenas i actually can't think of i've been to a show in like an arena to be honest besides that winter jam one uh yeah kendrick was my first uh was my first stadium concert and i was really excited for that because i'd been to a lot of concerts in my life and I'd never been to a stadium concert. It felt like a special thing. Um, yeah. To see, like, you know, all the money and production that can go into something like that. Yeah. Pierce often makes that point that, uh, he, like, some of the best shows he's seen were, like, Katy Perry or, uh, I, there was someone else he mentioned. I feel like it was, like, an older, like, rock band or something where I would he was just talking about how cre- incredible the production was. I would think so if you were able to get close. I think one of the problems is that the production value. And the dancing and the effects makes up for the fact that, like, they have to do big things because if they weren't, you would barely see the artist. I kind of get that, too. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's one of those things where I feel like it's almost not worth going to a concert when it's that big. But I understand that other people feel differently. I I think it's after having gone to one, I see why it's worth it. But they have to make it worth it by putting in the production value so that it doesn't matter that you're far away. There's, like, so much visual flair and excitement mm-hmm. to what's going on. Uh, but if they didn't do that, yeah, it would be like 
it would be so much worse than any like bar concert because you'd be like, I can barely yeah. see the person. I mean, I think the other thing is um, when I see like music festival shows and there's like a solid couple of meters between the stage and the first person in the front row. It just feels so like physically disconnected. It always like kind of rubs me the wrong way. Mm. I will say. I mean, I get that it's for safety and like people are wilding out over there, but like. The one time I went to Shaky Knees was Adam who called you out for Notorious idiot uh, Adam. Yeah, I went with him to Shaky Knees. And I will say that was, uh, we we got pretty close on every concert. Like to see the strokes, we were like front row to see a lot of Mm -hmm. the people, especially because we were going to like the. There's always like two stages going on at those concerts for the earlier shows before the headliners on. If you go to the second most popular stage, like you can kind of get your way in pretty close. So we had a we had pretty good luck of like still, despite it being a massive festival, getting in near the artist. Yeah, yeah I also have this thing where I do a lot of like spontaneous. Like I just go buy a ticket to a concert and go, and like you know, I get off in time for work, I'll go to a concert. And there's a lot of San Francisco too, so it's a lot of like people don't want to travel that far. And also, like I said, a lot of people don't like the music that I like. All that's to say that I usually go to concerts alone more often than I do with other people. And it's really easy to kind of like worm your way up to the front if you're just a single small person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see so that. I've been front row for a lot of concerts, yeah. A lot of the like getting through a crowd is probably not wanting to like drag somebody else with you and be rude. But if you're just kind of doing it by yourself. Yeah, you just like take little opportunities during their openers. You see someone move out of the way and you just keep kind of creeping forward. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Any like top three, top five concerts or anything? Any like notable Oh, uh, the times that Open Mike Eagle has come to oh, yeah, Charlotte have been really fun. Despite the fact that they're not, like, ridiculously energetic or anything, I guess I just like him that much. It's kind of like that for Decca too. Like, he doesn't really have a production, it's just him on stage rapping. But I really enjoyed it, and that was one where, um, this is another thing that's really easy to do if you go to concerts alone. I just found a group of, like, four or five other dudes who are also really obsessed with his music, and so we kind of became friends that night. You know, I actually really enjoyed the Isaiah Rashad concert we went to together on a whim. I didn't real. I, I think I told you afterwards, like, I thought he was, like, a sad boy. I didn't realize that he had so many fucking bangers. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time, despite the fact that we didn't have a great view or anything. A particularly like, yeah. not great view, yeah. We were kind of far away. Um, Other ones. I really enjoyed Joey Badass when I saw him. I think probably one of the few times I've seen Pine Grove. I think I want to say the first time I saw them in San Francisco. I really enjoyed that one. Ooh, so I'm in for something special this Tuesday. I don't I mean, know any of their music, so I am just going to be... I'll, yeah, I'll sing along to Neighbors, because I know that one from that <laughs> the time we made our credits. I talk. don't think that makes it to the set list. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I think I've seen the set list. I don't think that one makes it on there. <laughs> um, that was one of, that was the deep cut, as we say. <laughs> um, Play Neighbors! <laughs> the whole show. That was me with, uh, with the Buster Cups asking them to play the song about Halloween. <laughs> Oh my god, they had two of them. <laughs> they, well, they'd have to be like, which one? Uh, okay, the other ones uh, off the top of my head. Oh, when I went to go see Chapel Hill, took a day trip with Drake. It was really fun. Also, took a day trip with Drake to go to Greensboro to see Fireworks and uh, The Wonder Years. And that was great. They uh, encored with... Um, Wait. Uh, came, out, came out swinging. You're going to tell me Jimmy Eats World wasn't one of your best concert experiences oh, ever? It, I've still got two fingers left. Oh. Don't worry, that's, <laughs> that one's coming. But encoring with... Uh, came out swinging and they did do the fun thing where they like went out and they were like show's over guys and they're like never mind we got one more song um or maybe they didn't maybe that was the concert i was thinking of where like they were like normally we walk off stage and come back on but this is a weird venue where there's no like side stage for us to go off to so we're just gonna do our last song i think is what happened 
And then there was the uh, time I went to go see in Chapel Hill, uh, Lydia with From Indian Lakes opening for them. And I that's when I found From Indian Lakes and they're now my favorite band. And I remember like my, my review of that concert was like, damn, that boy can sing. Damn, that one boy can sing. And then, yeah, Jimmy Eat World in Athens uh, got super drunk and kept telling them to play the middle. Uh, and I'm pretty sure they hate me now. I'm pretty sure that band legitimately hates me. And that's kind of cool knowing that like my karaoke song is the, the middle. And then knowing that that band like actively dislikes me. <laughs> hey, your favorite song to bring up on pod. It's for real. I'm surprised I don't have more hip hop memories, to be honest. I feel like I've seen a few shows, but maybe not a whole bunch. There's also the great, uh, we came as Roman Romans with a, upon a burning body opening for them. Oh, and After the Burial was really fun, too. But We Came as Romans was the one where the concert was sold out when I got there. And it's New Brooklyn Tavern where they give you, like, an ink stamp to once you've gotten your ticket for in-and-out privileges. Uh, and I basically just asked a dude who I knew from school, he was a couple years older than us, if he would just let me rub my hand on his hand to try and get some ink on it. And so I went up to try and get restamped because, you know, people get sweaty or whatever, and so they always restamp you when you come back in. And the guy looked at it for, like, a solid minute. He was just looking at me like, you, you like you, all you have is, like, an ink smudge on your hand. And he was like... He just shrugged his shoulders. He's like, all right, sure. <laughs> Man, I haven't been to a lot of concerts in like the last five years, but I forgot how often I used to go to them in my younger years. Do you ever go to a concert that was like kind of like really out of your wheelhouse? Like you were like, oh, it's the county fair and uh, this person's playing. All the time. I've seen so many like uh, random shows because a friend likes the person. It seems like those go well for you. Uh, but any type of music can. I, I remember Surfer Blood. I think that's like a relatively popular band. Never heard of them because I don't know that type of music. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, people dragged me to it. Like, it wasn't particularly like a crazy night, but it's like, I'm glad I went and saw this like kind of interesting indie band. And it seems like a lot of people know them, <laughs> which always cracks me up because what what's that effect? Once you know something, you start noticing it everywhere. Like I've now heard so many people like reference. I don't them actually remember like, what the name of it is, but yeah. Oh yeah, like I I went to see them live. I didn't know they were like a thing. Mm. Cool. Any other thoughts about concerts? Any uh, thoughts about concert etiquette? Anything about um? Oh, did you have a worst concert story? Have you ever had like a real stinker? I'm sure I do. You go first. It was for Dorley's birthday. She came in. Uh, we went to San Francisco and then we were going to go see Passion Pit. Uh, and we, I got a few drinks beforehand. I got a few drinks at the concert, dropped a bean at the right time to make sure I was, you know, nice and high for the show. I have never been a huge fan of Passion Pit, but I was like, all right, I'm ready to like this. I'm ready to have fun. Concert starts. And just the entire time, I am so unimpressed and so bored by his music. And Dorley's having a great time. And, like, I kept apologizing afterwards. I was like, I, re I really primed my, like, I wanted to like that show. Can't, that music does not move me in any kind of way. Um, worst concert would probably be Prince Paul DJing Ooh, um, in Charlotte. Yeah. I thought that was really disappointing because I thought he was going to play his own original music. And instead of doing that, he did a DJ set. And, uh... Yeah, the crowd that he gets out just isn't dance. Like, you know, it's not like a dancey, energetic crowd. The people who came out were like old hip hop nerds. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, you can't DJ for a crowd of people who are there to see you and are looking at you, but nobody's there to dance. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, just like, there's like the big, like, lights come down and then it's just, cause the haters gonna hate, <laughs> hate, 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 hate. It's like very incongruous between like the expectations of a DJ set being to entertain the people by playing good music they like and th they're hopefully gonna dance to it and vibe to it and 
the types of people who are going to go see Prince Paul are not like a dancey hype crowd. Yeah. Mm. All right. Do you have a last point, though? Oh, uh, have you noticed as you and I know you said th- you said that less and less you go to shows, but have you noticed the crowd at shows stays the same age and you start feeling more and more like the oddly old guy there? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I can tell I'm the oldest one there because I'm the only one without my phone out taking a video. <laughs> right, guys? Like, now I'm going to shows and I'm like, oh, god damn it, there's babies here. Apparently my music taste, like, uh, maybe I should just go to, like, rock bands or something. Oh, you know what? There's This is also a thing where I don't know if this resonates with you, but it resonates for sure with me with, like, heavier concerts. But the combination of, like, smaller girl who's, like, in the front row and her boyfriend who has, like, his arms around her and is, like, really obnoxiously, like, pushing anyone who gets close to them away. Like, they're, that's the most annoying thing. Where they're, like, really aggressive about, like, hey, don't give me near my gal. She's trying to watch the show. <laughs> that definitely. Uh, there Couples at concerts are always really hilarious. There's always yeah. a lot of really odd energy. So few of them act normal. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people do dates at concerts early on in a relationship to try to, like, uh facilitate the idea that like i'm cool and i like cool things or something because you can tell so many like there's always awkward energy uh with certain couples at concerts i was uh reprimanded recently a year ago a guy told me uh you're touching my girlfriend at the concert i was like well i was here first and you guys stood right up on me like what Mm. Like I would, they, like they were behind me by the way not like i was grinding on her ass like (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. We should get into articles, right? Yes. My article is from the Brunswick News. Harriet Cole, you know her, you love her from the uh, Picky Eaters episode. I'm bringing her in again. Uh, This is from October 24th, 2019. Mom wants support in letting teens go to concert. Oh, I actually totally forgot about this as a whole dynamic about concerts, which I don't know if you have any experience with this, but uh, my parents were like super down, weirdly down to like, like I said, my first concert was in Douglasville, Georgia. And my dad was like, yeah, sure, I'll take the like night to like drive you to Georgia, let you go to your concert. I'm going to go watch a movie with your sister, and then we'll pick you up and go home. And then again, you know, obviously my parents had no like qualms about me going to a concert. They were like, yeah, we, we fully uh, expect that you can go to a concert and not die. So you can go do a concert if you want to. <laughs> and some like white parents are so weird about it. I don't really understand. It, well, but. I mean, these are the people that think that like lyrics and music need to be like... <laughs> Flame in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess that makes sense. No, my parents never cared. All right. Dear Harriet, my teenager wants to go to a rap concert with her friends. She is so excited about the possibility. She and her friends listen to the artist all the time. I told her she can go this time if she has a buddy who agrees to stay with her during the whole concert. If they buddy up and follow the basic directions that we have given them their whole lives, I anticipate that they will be fine. These concerts have lots of security. Once I got comfortable with the idea, I discovered that her friend's mom is nervous and doesn't want to let her daughter go. I believe that we can't protect our children from everything, and I do think that we can let them go as long as they make smart choices. What should I say to this mom? Let them go. Let them go. Can't hold it back anymore. I don't know. You don't, like, the other mom is wrong, but you don't get to raise her child. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, that's true. But that is the that's the contingency plan though. She needs the accountability buddy. She needs the accountability buddy. So there's the dominoes that are falling around her. Also, real quick, I don't know why I keep getting other ideas, but how how do you feel about how often 
viral clips come out from festivals of the sign language translator for big artists. Oh, dude, there's no way at this point that sign language translators don't get hired based on, like, the fact that they're gonna go viral. Yeah, like, (laughs) I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, after I've seen four of them, I feel like I've seen all of them. (laughs) It's like, okay, I get it. They really get into the music. Yeah, it's like, they're really into the music, and they're doing a good job. They're, it's good good for them. And it's always supposed to be, like, a juxtaposition thing, like, look at this white woman who you think would be boring, <laughs> doing some crazy dance and sign language to a black rappers? What? A black rapper? A white woman who listens to a black rapper? <laughs> she's being really energetic and excited when she signs? Adrian. What do they think of next? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? White women? Have you seen this? You've heard about this? <laughs> White women dancing energetically to black music? The the last one I saw recently was like uh a security guard for at the like uh, mm. at a Nicki Minaj concert getting really like mm. dancey. Um which I do often wonder about when I see security guards at a concert, uh like mm-hmm. a bigger one, like a festival or something. I am always like, I wonder if they're enjoying this. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess they don't get to choose. Have you ever thought about being that nice guy that because they never get to watch the stage, they're always watching the crowd, you just bring a mirror up to them so they can see what's going on? <laughs> is, that, is that the uh, George Costanza bringing a chair to the, <laughs> because he has to and he's, Yeah, he's completely distracted. He misses all of the violence happening in the crowd <laughs> because he's like jamming out to super bass. Oh, is that what happened with... Uh, when you say Travis Scott. Is that what happened at Travis Scott? Too soon, Paul. <laughs> what do you mean too soon? Three people died a year ago. Okay, okay, um, right, this mom, this mom, um, I don't know, it sounds like she has other friends, why does she need this friend? Maybe she doesn't, I don't know, Be kids cool are more mom. atomized and under capitalism, uh, <laughs> the atomization <laughs> of teenagers under capitalism, <laughs> the atomization of kids under capitalism means that they can't go to their favorite concerts, um, I think you could do that thing that parents do where sometimes they have to be there, so like, I had friends who, like, the only way they could go to concerts was that their parent went with them. And usually it just seems like an awful time for that parent where they just have to listen to music they don't like. But if you're that obsessed with, like, keeping your kids safe and you agree that, like, there's, it should be reasonable, but the one safety net you have for her, which is for her to have a, a friend there, if that isn't there and she still wants to go, I, I guess it's on you. Yeah, I wonder how big this artist is. Is it the type of thing where you could get a reasonably priced ticket and just stand in the back or like in the foyer? Yeah. And do you think you could like get on Fiverr and pay someone to be a concert bodyguard? Oh, <laughs> that feels like a Nathan for you bit. The plan. <laughs> okay. The plan: hire a really tall guy on Fiverr. That way, she can do the thing where she gets on top of his shoulders, so she gets a good view, <laughs> and she'll be safe the whole time. Hmm. Roofie her the day of the tell her she can go. Roofie her the day of the concert, and then when she wakes up, be like, "You Paul, slept through it. What could I do?" Your advice about everything can't be roofie the woman. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> um, it's getting tired. <laughs> All right, cut that. Cut that. Um, okay, so this concerned mom. Uh, honestly, I picked a pretty straightforward question. I feel like I don't know. Do you, you have any other riffage on this? Where's the father in all this? Where is the dad in all this? I think he can't be her chaperone because the mom is keeping the secret that he is actually leading a double life where he is this rapper. (gasps) 
And so he's unavailable to chaperone her for this concert. But there's a point during the concert where he like gives her a little wink <laughs> when she sees that she's safe. Oh, I thought it was going to be something where he knows like his daughter is going through some like uh, drama in her friend group and he plays like a song oh, yeah, yeah. about it that like reinforces her like uh, her. I wrote this. It's a new song. It's about friendship. <laughs> it's about friendship. It's called Brittany is a bitch and she made out with my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's writing songs for me. <laughs> All right. You ready for the answer? I think I am. Let's see. Any other things? Uh... I feel like I'm just going back to the main like concept. But do you ever, do you ever have any like strong opinions about setlist or for bands that you do know? Like, are you a big fan of like the they play the new album front to back and then they play a few like old hits or like uh, they mix it no, up? No, I didn't thing, notice or... for the first time ever. I didn't. Know. And maybe this has been other things, but I, my tickets for Kendrick Lamar came with a setlist, and I didn't know if that was official or if that was just oh. like other Ticketmaster users uploaded their set yeah. lists and it just kind of aggregated and let you know what he was most likely to play um i, I should have gone back after the concert and checked if it really was like accurate yeah um, i'm not gonna lie i do i usually do use that uh set list fm playlist or yeah. not a uh, website to like see what songs i should expect on a tour i'm not really that big on like needing to be surprised by songs i feel like i can normally kind of guess what they're gonna do um but i like knowing like oh this song i don't really remember that one i'm gonna listen to it a few times on the way to the concert or something like that all right. Do you want to read this answer? Yeah. Dear Let Them Go, you have entered the phase of parenting teenagers where you will constantly be evaluating freedom versus safety. Now we got a John Locke over here. Every parent wants to protect their child from potential harm. Going to a large concert has its challenges. The very nature of a large crowd is that at the is at the top of the list. Go through your checklist of precautions with the other parent and explain that you believe that if your daughters follow them, they will be as safe as possible. Share your perspective, making it clear that you do not that you do not have a crystal ball, but you're but you trust your daughter and want to give her this opportunity. You might also ask your daughter to think of another friend who may want to go with her. You should not pressure this mother too much. State your case and move on if necessary. For your peace of mind, you want to you want your teen to go with another person who shares your values and whose parent is on board. All right, yeah, that was what I was saying. Easy question, easy answer. Nothing wrong with that. Okay, my column. Captain Awkward, 2011. Captain Awkward? Wait, how long has it been since we brought in Captain Awkward? I think he might have been an early... An early... Like, episode, like, 9 or 8 or 7? Which is weird, because she is considered, like, kind of up there with... You want to do more numbers? Maybe work your way back down to 1 from 9? Alright, what's the third segment? (laughs) Um, it's weird because I think she is considered kind of one of those heavier hitters in the advice game, but like we rarely ever go to her. Yeah, yeah, she does have, I think honestly, a big part of it might be that her columns don't show up as easily on Google search. So Mm. maybe we'd have to go to her backlog and actually search through it. That's true. Yeah. Dear Captain Awkward. Okay, here's a bit of an awkward situation for you. Very elderly folks at the symphony or the opera with one of those oxygen tanks that gives you a very audible puff of air every three seconds and makes a noise like a clockward sniff. I've been at many performances when one of these was in the audience, and it is incredibly annoying and very hard to ignore. I was at a concert just a few days ago, not even sitting near the offender, and yet I could hear it loud and clear, especially during quiet moments in the music, and it really did keep me from enjoying an otherwise flawless and moving performance. Mm. 
What's more, all the people who were sitting near the elderly man, in this case, were making faces and shifting uncomfortably like someone had farted for most of the first half. Only some of them moved for the second half, and Mr. Oxygen Tank continued right on sniffing for the entire show. My instinct is to report distracting noises like this to ushers and or management, but at this concert, as with the other concerts I was, comped and busy during the intermission with work-related socializing. I also assumed someone sitting near the guy, given how uncomfortable they looked and how egregious the noise was, would have said something. But also, I feel a little bad for him. Unlike people who talk or unwrap candies during concerts, this is something that is presumably unavoidable and medically necessary. And also, for the cedar, an accessibility issue. It must suck to get old and not be able to do so many things that you once enjoyed, and I feel like a bit of an asshole for snarling at an old guy for carrying his life-giving oxygen with him. Does he even realize how annoying the sound is, or has it become invisible to him? Or does it ruin his enjoyment too? What are your thoughts? What if it's not medical nece- medically necessary? <laughs> what if it's just like an accessory item? <laughs> And the guy is just being an asshole. <laughs> He's like pulling over to people next to him like, you want to hit? He's like, yeah, you want to get in this bro? This shit's dope. Uh, unless that's what's happening, this person, it's one of those issues where like, even if you're being self-aware, you're kind of being an asshole. But also, I kind of get it. I don't know. Okay, I think by the fact that they bring up the other annoying things people could do at a concert, which is unwrapping candies, you know yeah. this person's a little bit of a, a little so. bit of a busybody. I think it reminds me of, I think it's Harris Whittles who, uh, you know how Pete Holmes always asks people during the podcast, uh, when was the hardest time you laughed? Uh, yeah. It's Harris talking about how he was like a, like a really fancy like opera or something with friends and he was unwrapping Skittles and he was like really high up on like these set of stairs, like kind of like going up into the audience and he just drops the whole thing. And during the quiet part of the opera, the Skittles are just bouncing from like step to step to step <laughs> down the thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, that can be uh, very distracting if you do it the wrong way. I, I, I think Captain Awkward is probably going to be pretty uh, partial to the person who is suffering from this issue and is still trying to live their life. And maybe she'll say something about, I don't actually know. I think she's just going to be on that person's side. I don't really hear, see her being on the question asker's side. I think you should get your concealed carry license and shoot out mm. their oxygen tank. <sighs> and just make a huge explosion that kills like half the audience. <laughs> Adrian, is everything you know about tanks from video games, they don't usually explode. What are you talking about? Oxygen tanks for sure do, right? I don't think, like, I don't think you're going to kill half the audience by shooting an oxygen tank. If it tank. ignites a full oxygen tank? Maybe, I, maybe I know less about oxygen I think it's a Twilight than. Zone thing where she shoots the oxygen tank, everyone in the audience except for her dies, and so it's just her alone with the orchestra, but because the ne- lo- uh, the noise was so loud, she can't hear the orchestra anymore. And she was like, there was finally time! I have time now! <laughs> I could hear the music! <laughs> and then Rod Sterling comes out to say, oh, very curious. <laughs> That's my prediction for how that would go. It's so funny that they're also talking about how these shows are comped for them, and they're at a work-related event. Yeah. Any ounce of symphony you could have for this person, they really, like, slowly around. Wait, was that a Freudian slip? Did you say any ounce of symphony? Oh, shit, it was, yeah. And any <laughs> ounce of sympathy you could have for this person really erodes throughout the question. Yeah, if I was talking to her, I'd be like, uh, cello, honey, welcome to the real world. Wait, was that a Freudian slip? Sure. <laughs> oh, okay, you're just gonna string me up for that one? 
All right, what's the third set? <laughs> Let's get into this. We're not going to start doing pun mistake. content. <laughs> uh, I did not see that one coming. That one didn't even make sense. There's no Nazis in this column. Wait, Except what? For- oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think this is another one of those situations where to try and justify their own shitty feelings, they really project onto other people how uncomfortable they are? Yeah, that was really funny there. Like, I, I feel like that was 100%. Like, I just assumed someone else would report them, because everyone else was, like, growling and snarling at these people. <laughs> also, I do like that it's so obviously an old person activity, and old people have oxygen tanks. It's really, like, it's like one of those things where somebody complains mm. about, like, a crying child at a Marvel movie, and it's like, you're a fucking adult! You can't go to where children are supposed to be, mm. which is a Marvel movie, and be offended that the kid is crying. Mm-hmm. They said it was, a uh, specifically an orchestra, or what was it? Yeah, I think so. Or opera. They said, at the symphony or opera. Ooh. Yeah, that's old people events. I feel like somebody who goes to symphonies or operas, I would not expect to be writing into Captain Awkward, which feels like a you think silly like a internet- Dear Abby person? Yeah, I feel like they're more a Dear Abby person, right? Yeah, I don't know. This seems like her wheelhouse, though. This is like an awkward situation. This is an office-type situation, I guess. Do you think there's any chance that she could just, like, go over to him, confront him, rip off the oxygen tank, and then just be like, yeah, everyone here agrees with me, and then expect applause? Like you, st- like you stood up to the big bully? <laughs> <laughs> High five the people who are with you? <laughs> yeah, we like, got him. Yeah, we got him. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the day after Obama got bin Laden, everybody's <laughs> high-fiving, like, we got him, folks. Yeah, John Cena stops his uh, WWE performance to be like, I just want you all to inform, we have just <laughs> destroyed that guy's oxygen tank. <laughs> um, Just kill yourself, old man! <laughs> That is one of those things where it must be, like, desensitized for him, right? Like, he, he probably doesn't hear it at this point. He probably doesn't hear it. I really do feel old people, the symphony and the opera, that's their zone. They get to bring their old people shit with them. Yeah, I think that's true. I think maybe they could there could be better accommodations. Uh, yeah, maybe they could have, like, have you ever been to a church with, like, the room in the back with glass where crying babies are supposed to be taken? No, like you, I didn't go you, to, like, weird dystopian churches like that. Yeah, if you wanted to uh, take a crying child, and or like they were bothering people at church, you if could you go wanted and... to take a crying child, the child's already crying, and you're like, "All right, let's go to church." <laughs> exactly. You could uh, you could take them into that back room at my church, and it was like a room where yeah, that's there was a like hell of a smart inter- idea. An intercom playing everything from inside mm-hmm. the regular church, but it was soundproof, and there was a glass wall so you could see. Yeah. So maybe operas could do something like that, like balcony seats where if the loud have... ass man room. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Although I guess that is patronizing, patronizing, patronizing. Yeah, to a certain extent, for sure. I could oh. see a lot of old men like shaking their fists, being like, "I'd rather die than have to go to the old man room. I'm just as young as any of these whippersnappers." <laughs> hey. You know what? John Wilkes had an answer how to, of how to deal with people at the... Uh, <laughs> how, did, how did she describe the noise? It's like a large inhale every three seconds, or...? Yeah, like, I have, you've never heard one of these? It's like... <sighs> every three seconds. Nah, I only do young bro shit, bruh. That, that seems like one of those things where, like, you know, you know how, like, it's, like, pretty well established that if white noise is consistent and rhythmic and follows a pattern, it's also pretty easy for you to eventually, like block it out like if it's not like some weird sporadic thing that's happening then 
And they should have a thing where they can hook it up to the orchestra so it's playing at the same BPM as them on beat. Mm, yeah, yeah. They should do like a Morgan Sorn type thing where like you a lot of your music is all just your voice and different kind of arrangements. And like you often start your songs by doing like heavy breathing. And so every song just starts <laughs> with some Darth Vader breathing. That sounds cool. The person who wrote in should only go see performances of 433 where the sound of the mm-hmm. audience is part of the... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is part of the performance. Play four three thirty three again. <laughs> I know I said earlier that if she went and like took his oxygen tank off or whatever, and expected to be the hero, it does feel a little bit like something where I don't know. Maybe other people are just more reasonable, but like I could see like some amount of people around him being like, "Well, I'm not going to be the one to turn him in. Like <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to say anything about it." Yeah. Typically, I would love to be a little busybody and tell the usher about this, but I'm with my coworkers. Yeah, telling the usher about it. And he would just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, uh, give me a second. I got to go discover Justin Bieber. <laughs> he would say, take that, everyone, to back oxygen tank, make your booty go. <laughs> <laughs> I think little John does that part of that song, but still. Um, okay. Uh, any more ideas, or should we get into the answer? Talk to his wife. Or her wife. Or her husband. Or his husband. Or their polycule. Or their entire polycule. <laughs> well, you want to get a consensus on it. Captain Awkward's answer for this question. Your question made me play these two YouTube videos at the same time to gain a greater understanding of the problem. Oh, speaking of two songs at the same time. The remix that you made for the end of the last episode. Yeah. Ben thought that that production was made for that kid's song. <laughs> you gotta ask him. I, it is one of those things where he now claims he always knew and he thought it was just funny to oh, say. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> so, I don't know. First, you'd have to convince him to admit. You'd have to get him to admit that he didn't know the difference and he wasn't just mm-hmm. doing a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh which he doesn't really do those types of bits. Uh, so. Right, he does a lot of post-ironic stuff like that. <laughs> That's cool. So you'll have to hunt him down and figure that out. Alright, cool. cool, cool. And then the other song after the breathing was... Mm-hmm. Alright, we get it. Mm-hmm. This is different from the usual concert annoyances that Captain Awkward faces. Stinky smokers smoking in close quarters and filling the world with their stench and stray cigarette burns. Thank you, Chicago smoking ban. Now this asthmatic girl can like concerts again. Mm. Wow, 2011 was when Chicago banned indoor smoking? They were late late. on that game. Yeah. Mm. Fucking show choir glee club assholes who come to the concert to sing with their favorite performers loudly and with feeling. There was a time where I was in a community village theater. It was our community theater. And uh, the director of the show had to have a one-on-one conversation with the little kid who was five years old who played Abu to tell him, when you sing, try and listen to the people around you and try and sound more like what they sound like. (laughs) (laughs) She was trying to explain to a five-year-old that he was sticking out like a sore thumb because of how shitty of a singer he was. (laughs) Which is not what I'm saying about Paul, by the way. I'm just saying. Aw. That story was unrelated. That's so mean. I just said the story's unrelated. Regina Spectre can't hear your pathetic devotion, but I can. And what I hear is sucky town because you suck. 
It's one thing when the band at a loud show says, everybody sing along now. But when it's an intimate concert of one lady plus her piano, shove a sock in it. It's called a karaoke bar. Go to one. As the audience for opera and classical music ages, as much a matter of disposable income as taste, I'd go to the symphony every week if I had the money. This problem is only going to grow. I think it's entirely possible, as you suggest, that the user of oxygen tanks get used to the sound over time. I think it's also possible that the noise annoys them just as much as it annoys you, and they are horribly self-conscious about it, but don't know what else to do. Oh, that's a good point that we didn't bring up. I think that's a really empathetic point that's good. After reading the Oregon Art Council discussion you linked, and very conscious that I am neither a lawyer nor a disabled person and cannot speak very well to accessibility and discrimination issues, it makes sense to tread very lightly here. I like the commenter in that thread who made this suggestion. What we are thinking about doing is perhaps working with a respiratory therapist to create a brochure on options that patrons can discuss with their therapists and doctors if noise bothers them. Since we have many season ticket holders for the symphony, the opera, and the ballet, we will simply consider moving the complaining patrons when possible. So far, we are not sure how to address the issues beyond these steps. I certainly do not want to prevent anyone from attending performances. However, those people who are sensitive to noise also have a point. White noise does make it just as difficult for those with hearing loss or tinnitus to enjoy the performance. Many of these folks are also covered under ADA. Here at the Civic Center, oh, we, are tr- we are trying to balance this and plan to continue the research. Most of the theaters who participated in the discussion had the policy of moving the complaining patron rather than the person with the tank. But I think it's a good one. In a perfect world, theaters could do some outreach to patrons around the subject. I especially like pitching the outreach to patrons in terms of, we realize that devices like this can interfere with your own ability to enjoy music. We're researching some possible solutions to raise with your doctor. If I had a noisy oxygen tank and were a regular patron of a venue, I'd like to think I'd bring it to the attention of the box office when buying my tickets and see if there was a place I could sit that'd be away from other patrons. Maybe on a night one of those nifty private boxes was going unused. But I shouldn't be required to do so, or required to pay more, and would rightly take issue with even the politest. Wouldn't you be comfortable over here, away from everyone, receding? So next time, grit your teeth until intermission, resist the urge to shoot dirty looks at someone who cannot help making that sound, mm. and ask an usher to reseat you if possible. It's an imperfect solution to an unfortunate problem. Does anyone with more experience around this issue have anything to add? I'm ready to be schooled by a pro. Yeah, that's fine. Fine answer. I think um, a couple of things that reminds me of the time when the second time I went to go see Logic, I was on crutches. Um, and this was somewhere in Columbia. I forget. I want to say like township, not township. But anyways, um, I was tired of sitting, of ha- uh, being on my crutches. So I literally just sat down on the floor. And that's when the person who was working the bathroom, for some reason, they had someone on a chair, like monitoring people coming in and out of the bathroom. Uh, she came over and gave me her chair. It was very nice, and I appreciated it. And that was the most. Uh, that was the so most. So Adrian knows visible. what it's like to be disabled as a at a concert. Well, I'm always disabled at a concert. I'm type one diabetic. But as Elliot uh, once famously says in Scrubs, get a disease that people can see, and then they'll care. Well, uh, well, let me tell you, as a bald man, even though some people can see it, they don't show mm. the right sympathy. I tell you what, nobody's ever given up their seat to me as a bald man. Mm. All right, Adrian, you ready for the third segment? Um, this is 36 
And can you remind me how this related to concerts? Is this just generally music or? Yeah. It's just general music. Okay, cool. So this is a little bracket game. I know you guys loved our uh, bracket of best mothers from television. Here's how we'll relate it to concerts. We're calling this segment Battle of the Bands. Battle of the Bands. I know you guys loved and definitely didn't disagree at all with our assessment of the best mothers in media. Here is a 36 uh, song bracket for best tv show theme song um and so i used a weirdly official like i i it's weirder than i thought it was going to be but it looks professional for like actual sports like people getting together and betting on brackets and stuff um so it's split up a little bit weirdly but we have a round one round two round three round four and then some finals oh wait do we have any bye weeks or people like uh yeah we literally have like (laughs) <laughs> the 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 ones that were and I randomized the seeds so like the ones that were lowest in the seed list actually have to go through a preliminary <laughs> uh, to get to the actual thirty six song bracket or not the thirty six song but I think like a I don't know like a twenty four song bracket okay and then if we're unfamiliar with this we can play them I tried to pick a mix of old songs as well as newer songs as well as just stuff that I knew that uh, Paul and I knew um, so here we go all right you ready for this. Yeah. Round one is The Wire versus SpongeBob SquarePants. Do you know both of these? I think everyone knows SpongeBob SquarePants. I know SpongeBob. I've watched season one of The Wire, but it doesn't stick out to me. So The Wire actually changes every season. They change who does the theme song, not the actual theme song. But it's the, um, when you walk through the water. I really didn't like the second season's version of it. But yeah, it's that whole thing of you got to keep the devil way down in the hole. You got to keep the devil way down in the hole. All right. I think I'm going to have to go with SpongeBob. Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? I think I am, too. That's a that's a. Like, I'm famously not really a fan of that show, but it's a delightful little theme song. Yeah, it's nice. All right, next one is Drake and Josh and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I definitely don't know Drake and Josh's soundtrack. Wait, I really? have it. Yeah. The theme song. I never thought that it'd be so simple, but... I've never watched that show. It's sung by now confirmed pedophile Drake <laughs> Drake Bell, but it's kind of a banger, though. It's a heater. That is so crazy, that story about him. But anyway, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I, I've seen that show enough that I'll know it, but I might need a little refresher. It's one that goes like... It's... Fully instrumental. Okay, I'm giving that to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I remember it now. That's pretty oh, good. Oh, really? Oh, damn. I'm going all ACAB on this one. I'm going Drake and Josh. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't okay, know... but you're pro-pedophile. Okay, good point, Adrian. Okay, yeah, you're right. I don't know how to solve ties on this one, and I don't think us being agreeable with each other is the way to do it. But on this one, I'll make a concession, and I'll say Brooklyn Nine-Nine is fine. Man, that's a... Um, okay, this is Community and Succession. I assume you know the Succession one. I do not know it, so... Oh, these are, this is a real, like, the, I, what are these seated? 31 and 34? That's wrong. These are both pretty high up. Like I said, this up. is randomized. I'm not going to lie. Also, I'm sad to have to see one go so early. I think the community one is properly seated. I do not like the community theme song. Oh, really? Okay, let's I go Succession then. Succession is really stupid. good. Have you listened to it? Should I play it for you? 
community's whole like give me a da 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 I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. It it sounds corny. It's corny, but that's kind of... You see, one of the things here, it's like Succession theme song is actually good, but Community's theme song is actually like a TV... You know, it's classic TV. It's what you want for a TV show. Is that weird thing about like Hang Me From a Tree early on in the song? I don't know. It's it's a weird song. It's it's Um, about suicide, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those where it's like oddly dark. Um, I mean, the Young Sheldon theme song is not like that. Uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm or the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? I for sure know Curb. I do not remember the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, it's the one where it's like a joke about, uh, it's a joke about, like, uh, YouTube remixes. Remember when those were popular in 2008 where, like, it was like the, they're coming, you know, like, they're, watch your kids, watch your wife, or they're coming for your, they're coming for your wife, hide your kids, hide your wife. Hold on, can you play that one? I think I need that one refreshed. This might be the first I need to play. Unbreakable! I don't know. So you're saying that you usually like the brevity of the kind of like curb your enthusiasm type. Uh... You know, I also like story based ones and like classic TV ones that are like he was just, you know, like where it's like telling you the entire it's, concept uh, of the what show. What the podcast coach wanted us to do for our theme song. <laughs> yeah. I think I might go Kimmy Schmidt on that one. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how they created a. Is it because of how they use it that I associate that with awkwardness so much? Or yeah, I don't it, think the original uh, composition was meant to be awkward. Oh, I was gonna say, or did they just create the most perfectly like? Uh, ew, I think they were able to time. figure out how to make that. Yeah, associated with that. Let's give that one to the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Because it's unique and interesting. All right. Oh, and I think this is totally correct. Number one seed, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, move it on. Wow, okay. So this is with SpongeBob. SpongeBob made it into this bout. And you're saying not even a second thought, just... Whoa. Not even Are you ready, thought. kids? Aye, aye, Captain. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. I'm not a Spongebob fan, this isn't like doing anything for I said me. we're divorcing the show from the theme song though. Alright, I was just using this to test your neutrality, but yes, obviously the Fresh Prince goes through, like no, no contest, but it felt like you were really using the I don't like Spongebob excuse to try and, and I, I want to make sure we're getting that out early. All right, number one seed moves through, no problem. Now we got Game of Thrones and the Fairly Odd Parents. Game of Thrones is so good. Oh. Game of Thrones is like the na 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 na. Okay, yeah, yeah.
what what is the South Park uh, spoof of it? It's like balls, wiener, balls, wiener, balls. Wiener, oh. wiener. <laughs> is that and one on here? <laughs> it's not on here. So this is 16th seed Game of Thrones with 17th seed. Again, these are arbitrary. The Fairly Odd Parents. Although this was a suggestion from Philip Carter that I wholeheartedly agreed with. This one's a banger. Taking away the quality of the show as a variable, I think we also need to add back in the appropriateness and the like mindset of watching the show that the song gets you oh, into. Oh, so it's, it's does it serve the function of being an introduction into a world? Or getting you hyped for the show and what sure. you're about to watch. And I think... Well, if that was the, the case, fair- then every show's theme song would just be Don't Stop for What? Or what was it? <laughs> Turn <laughs> Down for What? That's odd parents. <laughs> I think the Game of Thrones one is really good too, and I do remember getting kind of goosebumps when there was like an, ep- like an exciting new episode. Mm-hmm. But I think the Fairly Odd Parents one also did the same thing where it did get me really in the mindset to watch the show. <laughs> did I ever tell you? This one is it, tough. Can you, can okay. you, can you this pick? One, I can't pick. This story is pick. fifth grade of chorus with Betsy Sheely's mom, who we were the same year as, Mrs. Sheely. Um, she had a free period where she was like, okay, it's the end of school. Do you guys like, does anyone just want to get up and like sing something? (laughs) And Grayson Garrick, who I don't know if you remember him, just goes up and decides to sing the Fairly Odd Parents theme. And it's like a memory just burned into my mind where I was like, that's one of those things where like, it would be cringy, but we were young enough in fifth grade where everyone just like accepted it as like, oh yeah, it's a thing someone just did in front of us. (laughs) Like, we're not like hateful, spiteful people. The world hasn't like beat us down yet. (laughs) So we just accept what happens to <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that resonates, but yeah, I'm I'm cool with uh fairly odd parents on this one. Golden Girls and Knight Rider. We got a fully old school um matchup that I'm not gonna lie, I don't know either of these, but they were on the Rolling Stones. You gotta know these. So this is Golden Girls. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Oh, is it just thank you for being a friend? Oh, was that made for the show or was the show the uh, start of that song? No, no clue. That, I just I said the same thing twice. Um, was that made for the show or was that already a song? I don't know why you're asking me like I'm an authority on this because I YouTubed Golden Girls theme song. All right. Knight Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. I mean, already I'm liking the Knight Rider one better. That one's hard as fuck. I'm also kind of skeptical of whether or not they just used another song. So Golden Girls might be out for me. Uh, I don't know. How I f- yeah, but I don't know how I feel about theme songs where it's just someone talking and explaining to you what the thing is. But that baseline's hard. All right, we're going Knight Rider. Number nine seed, number 24 seed, Adventure Time versus New Girl. Adventure Time would do a lot better if it was the ending theme song than the beginning theme song. Ooh, I've never watched a single episode. Could not tell you. I know it's a ukulele theme, right? It's like a... It's the singer... It's Jake, who's not a classically trained singer. That guy sings the song. It's your time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll go to very distant lands. We'll take the dog and then we can win the These are oddly similar, and they're like, uh... Quaintness, their, they're like tweeness. Yeah, and they're tweeness. But I'm gonna say New Girl gets me more hyped to watch New Girl. Hey, girl, what you doing? Who's I'm not that gonna lie. girl? I, oh, I That's actually... Jess. Hey, girl, what you doing? 
is it not crazy that we put up two songs that have the lead singer actually singing the song or the lead character singing the song? Oh, yeah. And they're both twee and oddly similar, like ukulele-ish. Yeah. And it's interesting because uh, uh, Zoe Deschanel actually has a band. So she's an actual like musician. But that her and makes him? Me... Or she and him? She yeah, and that her? almost makes me want to rank it lower because I think it's... <laughs> pretty amateurish but hey adrian uh if they made that band nowadays and they'd gone all woke that it would be they and there with an x you know what i'm Z saying and Zer, i'll tell you Z what in there uh okay i'm fine with new girl going on with that one i think that might upset some uh fucking weebs in our audience but who cares some of the romanians in our audience are not gonna like that one all right we got the cops and we got the space cops we got cowboy bebop and brooklyn nine nine cowboy bebop this is easy for me. And you know what's so crazy? Tin, my roommate, actively hates the cowboy theme, bebop theme song. I mean, I get it because jazz does suck, but. Are you on. kidding me? Dude, that song is. That song is. It is. That song is I, gas, bro. It's, it's so good. Are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, that has to go through. That might only lose to like a more iconic American one, but for me, like, cowboy bebop's going all the way. I don't know. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. All right, this is the second, no, first one where I don't know either of these, uh, but they are iconic. Uh, Dukes of Hazard and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I also little, don't know either. A modern classic and Let's, old classic. I'll bring it up. Uh, can we play the Dukes of Hazard one, or does that have a white person saying the N-word in it? That's actually all it is. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Already don't like the intro. I do like that it's describing what the show's about. That's true. That's true. And what was the other one? Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Rachel Bloom. Oh my gosh. I really hope it's a song she played uh, for Bill Nye on his for show. For Bill Nye's uh, My Sex Box? Is that what it was? Yeah. God, that was really bad. Working hard at a New York job, making go, but it made me blue. One day I was crying a lot, and so I decided to move to West Covina, California. Brand new pals and new career. It happens to be where Josh lives, but that's not why I'm here. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. What? No, I'm not. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. That's a sexist term. She's the crazy ex-girlfriend. Can you guys stop singing for just a second? She's so broken inside. The situation's a lot more nuanced than that. C-R-A-Z-Y. Okay, we get it. Craziest girlfriend. Oh, God. That one had such theater nerd energy. <laughs> that had such high school theater nerd energy. Oh, my God. I'm literally in pain, man. Yeah, that one hurt. I'm surprised that one makes it onto the list of, like, best theme songs. That's insane. Okay, next one's Heavy Hitters. I don't know the second one, but the Backyardigans, which I kind of threw in for myself, number five seed. We've got the I love you, you love me, and this movie's really like an exploration of what happens when that isn't true anymore. God damn. Alright, and Cheers, which I've never heard before. Is that the one that just goes, Norm? That's the one, like, uh, a place where you can always find a seat where everybody knows your name. Your 
Oh my god, it's so 90s. But way before that, man. I might as well put a. I might as well. Cheers put a, like, was from the late here. 70s and 80s, right? Was it? Yeah. I guess I could see 80s. I don't think it's 70s though. Yeah, 82 to 93. Oh, okay. Late 70s. You're right with Long, but I... Everybody knows you Oh, no, I'm doing that thing you hate at concerts. Uh, well, I've been doing that this whole time. <laughs> uh, my uh, dad would love that song. I'm gonna say cheers. I think where everybody knows your name's gotta take... Like, that's a classic. I think there's a certain amount of, like, iconicness that, that wins it for me. I can see that. So that's why I'm picking the Backyardians. All right, uh, Scrubs and Big Mouth, very similar uh, shows. This is kind of like uh, two above when we were doing Cowboy Bebop against whatever stupid show uh, it was up against. Uh, this show? one is so obviously Scrubs. Oh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, can you remind me what the Scrubs theme song is? I watched it a million times, like probably honestly close uh, to that. Superman. Oh, how does that go? If you go crazy, will you still call me Superman? <laughs> <laughs> As far as like emotional resonance with me, that one's probably likely to go far. I, I can't remember the Big Mouth one, can you? I'm going through changes. I'm going to go for the show that doesn't show a bunch of naked kids all the time. <laughs> or have a white woman playing a black character? Come on. Uh, playing a half black, half Jewish character, and she's Jewish. We're not going to hate <laughs> on Jenny Slate on this podcast. That's my, that's my Amy Schumer. I'm not going to eat slander Jenny Slate on this podcast. <laughs> all right. We have, I think this one's for you, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, this is all just you. Malcolm in the Middle and Succession. Malcolm in the Middle, man. Come on. Well, I thought you th I thought you thought suggestion. Yes, no, maybe I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. You're not the, not boss, the boss of me of now. Me now. You're okay, not yeah, the I boss know, of I me know. now when you're not so big. Yes, no, maybe I don't know. Can you repeat the question? You're not the boss of me now. How does, can you play the succession one? Because you said it was going to make That's it far. Completely we, we're instrumental. Yo, I want to sample the shit out of that. That's hard. Why did the alchemist make a TV theme song? That's fucking hard as hell. Yo, that's I could see that with the title cards moving and like I assume like character and actor names coming up. That's hard. I mean, Malcolm in the Middle's ranked two or seated as number two. So, man, it's just it's it's a classic. I don't know. Like, you got to show respect for the classics. I'm making the Succession theme song my my ringtone after this. <laughs> 
Dude, it's a really good song. I think a lot of people have given props to the Succession theme song. It's incredible, but like, uh, it's I not don't enough. Know. It's like that woman in that cigarette commercial. It's not enough, honey. All right. I'll send Malcolm through. I think this one's very close to your heart, so it's not on me, but that's a hard one to see. That's a hard one to see leave this early in the bracket. I thought that one was going far. And by that, I mean in the last 10 seconds from when I heard that, <laughs> I thought it should be going far. Uh, we got The Sopranos and Kim Possible. I don't remember the Kim Possible one, but I'm going to be offended if Sopranos doesn't beat it. What are you talking about? Dan, dan, dan it. Call I, me, I didn't watch it a if lot. If you want to reach me. That's uh, right. It's a strong female lead. <laughs> Whenever you need me, baby, call me, beat me. If you want to reach me, call me, beat me. If you want to reach me, whenever you need me, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm your basic average girl, and I'm here to save the world. You can't stop me because I'm impossible. And then I got to hear the Sopranos theme song. I, sure, I assume it's just like, Gabagoo, Gabagoo, Gabagoo. You know what, Adrian? I've let you, I've bullied you into some of my favorite answers earlier in this. So I'll let you take Kim Possible. I can tell that one's close to your heart. It's, 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 it's kind of close, but can I say, can you say one nice thing about the Kim Possible theme song? Um, that it has a strong female lead. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> I guess that's how that's going to go. <laughs> Kim Possible moving through, I think quite easily. All right. We got Parks and Rec and Mad Men. Parks and Rec. Why do I not remember that one? Did that one just... Oh, I remember always kind of being underwhelmed by that. I don't... That was a skippable-ass intro. I'm not gonna lie. Boring. Just boring. And then Mad Men's what? It's the silhouette just falling through things or whatever? I mean, honestly, I'm willing to let Mad Men win no matter what, because the Parks and Rec one sucks. Yeah, I honestly don't care for either of these. I could flip a coin. Oh, I think Mad Men. Ma Parks and Rec was like actively kind of like not annoying, but like just yeah. Okay, The Office and Twilight Zone. Now, keep in mind, Lil Wayne's only rapped over one of these. But then he know. talks over it, right? Uh, yeah, you're entering. Imagine you're imagine entering, entering. Yeah. You know. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A um, world where women and men are equal. Okay, next one: Big Bang Theory versus the uh, early winner. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, I really like. I don't. <laughs> Big Bang Theory is what Cheap Trick? No, Cheap Trick does the seven that seventy show theme. Big song. Bang Theory is like with a Big Bang Bang. Something Something's the pyramids. Uh, yeah, uh, it like goes Earth through science all of history. history, discovering the mystery Mysteries of all started with the Big Bang Bang. 
Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state Then nearly 14 million years ago Expansion started, wait The Earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall We built the pyramids, math, science, history Unraveling the mystery It all started with a big bang Indian men can't talk to women and white guys who are nerds are pervs. Big bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would go with Unbreakable on this one. Yeah, Still. let's do it. I don't think it needs to get this far in this tournament, but it's been it's gotten lucky with how it's been seated, I guess. Beverly Hillbillies and Weeds. I think we both know the Weeds one. Ticky tacky little boxes on the little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes made of ticky-tacky little boxes on the hillside. Little boxes all the same. There's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one. And they're all made out of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. Yeah. I don't know the Beverly Hillbillies. Come and listen to my story about a man named Jed. A poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. And then one day he was shooting at some food, and up through the ground come a bubbling crude. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, the weeds. I'm gonna say weeds, yeah. Alright, we got Hawaii Five O versus Avatar The Last Airbender. I need to listen to the Hawaii Five O one, but I wait, think oh, Avatar I... doesn't have a song. It's just like Yeah, I was about to say, I think Hawaii Five O is going to take it if it has any semblance of an actual song, <laughs> and I think it does, because Avatar: Last Airbender is you know, air, water, earth, fire, long ago. Honestly, as far as a theme song goes, I think that's better. <laughs> All right. All right. Hawaii Five O. The start of Avatar. I like the. Okay, you're telling me you okay, don't you're, like the you're memes. Okay, going, you're going back to the measure being, does it prepare you for the show and get you hyped for the show? No, no, no. I'm saying Hawaii Five O should win this one, but I'm saying the memes about the Fire Nation until before the Fire Nation attacked are pretty funny. Okay, yeah, I'll give that I'll give that one just because I'm not No, 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 no. Wait, wait. We're doing songs. Don't. Oh, okay. To, to fit with the concert theme <laughs> very squarely. <laughs> All right, and then we got two fucking heavyweights, 11 and 22 seated, The Simpsons and friends i don't think we need to listen to either i think friends takes it for me but i know you might feel differently just just in terms of pure icon status like i i originally had the flintstones on this list and literally the first thing that came to my mind was like what is their theme song the flintstones (laughs) i was like like come on that's like the quintessential theme song but uh, I personally get more hype for the friend theme song. I love to clap along with the claps. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Yeah, I agree. It's like you're always jobs a joke, second you broke year. your love life's deal away. No one told you that was gonna be this way. Your job's a joke, you broke your love life's deal away. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. When it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, but I'll be there for you. 
All right. We're back to the number one seed, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Can it be toppled by the Fairly Odd Parents? Zero percent. Okay. Yeah, I agree, yeah. but I know the Fairly Odd Parents was like kind of for you anyway, so. No, no, that's easy. I wanted to let that's you have easy. your say. Knight Rider versus New Girl. I mean, you made a good point about Knight Rider. It's kind of just talking. Yeah, I think it's weird that, I mean, New Girl's going to get smashed in the fucking next part, so who even cares? It, it, both are going to get smashed. Who even cares? Uh, Cowboy Bebop and the Dukes of Hazard. Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Yep. Yeah, I think that easy. one's pretty obvious. We're kind of getting to the point where, like, the real front runners are just coming out and knocking shit out. Cheers and Scrubs. I'm going to say Scrubs. I, I like Superman. I think it, like, puts me in the mood to watch Scrubs. But your opinion matters yeah. to you, Adrian. No, I agree. I was also a big Scrubs fanatic. Malcolm in the Middle, Ooh, Kim This is going to be an Us disagreement. Yeah, do you really find that song... Do you find that theme song for Malcolm in the Middle aesthetically pleasing? Yes, 100%. You find that aesthetically pleasing? Mm-hmm. You think that's, like, good... You would listen to that in your car either way, whether or not it had the association it did to the to the TV show. Yes. No, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Can you repeat the question? I don't know. There's something about the Kim. It's so of its time, too, with, like, I think, I can't remember who, like, guest stars on that theme song. Because I think it's also the person who plays Kim. That's another one of those, like, main character does the song. But, like, it's just so, it's the do-do-do-do, call me, beat me, if you want to reach me, if you want to reach me, it's okay. whenever you need me, babe. I don't know. It's... It's it's a good like, you know like it's got groove it's got like an actual song to it it's like uh it's not this like meme Malcolm in the Middle type thing that you got going on. Also, I love how they like change time signature halfway through the song. I'm just trying to make it sound legit that like my thing's more objective than yours. Um, I love how they really syncopate the beat. You know, <laughs> she look, goes kind of hot. The one in control. I've said my piece. It's 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 between you and God now. What you click on? <sighs> Malcolm in the Middle is the second seed. It's just one of those things where I don't see myself voting for Malcolm in the middle later on. Walk with God, my friend. Uh, you have to live with the decision you make. You're telling me to find God. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry, y'all. 18th place Kim Possible's going through. <laughs> I just can't. I can't. Alright, Mad Men and Twilight Zone. I think this is an easy one. Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone's hard. In terms of that criteria of, like, it really gets you ready to watch the show, yeah, 100%. And it's also iconic. So, you know, there's also the time bias to it. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Weeds are doing female leads against each weeds, other. And I hate... In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm okay with that. All right, we got Weeds going through. Hawaii Five O and Friends. I think Friends walks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. And what... That means we're at our final eight? Mm-hmm. All right. Goddamn. Here we go. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and New Girl. New Girl, commendable job. You really tried your hardest. Yeah. It's got to be Fresh Prince, yeah. All right, we got Cowboy Bebop and Scrubs. Cowboy Bebop. Okay, I'm glad you agree. I'm glad you didn't make that one hard. I was like, it, it, dude, that next round's, <sighs> that's going to be a tough one. All right, Kim Possible and the Twilight Zone. What a weird, no one has ever pit these two things together. <laughs> this is like one of those weird things where one team beats the other. Like, I couldn't And you're like, it has to keep, like, if, if uh, to justify its loss from the tournament, it, that person has to keep going through. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it would be very confusing to me if we picked the Twilight Zone over Kim Possible, even though I personally would. At this point, I, I couldn't. I also, ki- also kind of would put Twilight Zone over Kim oh, let's, let's do it then, man. Up here. <laughs> All right. That's I'm insane sorry. to I'm... me that you'd put Twilight Zone. Oh, my God. I'm sorry Malcolm died for nothing. 
Okay, Weeds and Friends. I think Friends has that one easy again. Yeah. Which I don't even like love, love that theme song, but like, I just kind of get it. Like, it should win over Weeds. Like, yeah. All right. And then let's see over here. We've got, oh, now I see. All right. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Cowboy Bebop. Actually, let's do Twilight Zone and Friends first. Let's let's chop that one up first. Okay, I'm, I'm saying Friends walks, but... Um, I know you feel differently if you're going to let it beat, if you're going to let it beat your, uh, your bae Kim Possible. I mean, you know, dark haired bitch and she looks like she go. She do. Um, no, I get it. Yeah. Friends should walk. Are, are I, it, my claps as convincing to you as they are to me? <laughs> can you do them? And can I judge if they're actually in rhythm? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't really peg friends as like a strong favorite just cause I'm, it's, but like, yeah, it was always going to be here. It, it, it's 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 serving its birthright. But now this one, this is one of those times where there's sometimes in the Champions League for sure, where the semifinal is more interesting than the final. Yeah. Cowboy Bebop, fourth seed, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, first seed. You know what? I couldn't like, I don't know if I can argue a point for either one of these. I think I'd be happy to see either of them continue. You know, this um, is a story all about how should we do this based on the fact that we I don't know. I kind of have a little bit of a bias against the Friends theme song winning. So I almost want to put up whoever's going to be the best to go against the Friends theme song. What do you mean? I think, you know, like, well, actually, there's arguments for both of them because Fresh Prince, you could be like, well, we're, we're going to give it to the white ass show that never had a black character. I on think it honestly, I think Prince. both of them would beat Friends easily. I actually think so, too. I think that's what I was saying about the whole like the semifinals more interesting than the final. I think either of these walk against Friends. So this is really the final. This is what it's about. I don't think we're supposed to tell the audience that. Leave a little bit of mystery for the final, Adrian. <sighs> OK, well, then it's all here. What do you think? This is a story all about how my life I gotta give it to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, I think, because he slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> because he slapped Chris Rock, but I think it's a good song. It explains the concept of the show. It's funny. It sets the tone of it's the show. It's dramatic. It's totally correct. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop is a great song, but it's not. It's it doesn't have the Technically, utility the, factor. The song is called Tank, I think, with an exclamation mark. I, it doesn't have the utility factor. Hmm. I have played Tank more in my car while driving than I have Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Well, sure, but I don't really like. There's other songs as good as Fresh Prince of Bel Air, like you know, Will Smith has a whole discography. I don't play most of them. Yeah, this is about what's really. A, he has that really good song about picking up a 10-year-old straight. This is about what's a better show theme song. That's right. It's so funny that the randomizer put Fresh Prince as number one seed. I'm going to let this be the tiebreaker. I have watched all of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air multiple times. I have not finished Cowboy Bebop yet and it is a single 26 episode season. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you should watch the live action Netflix one. I heard it's better. I heard it's way better. It's got the guy from Harold and Kumar in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fresh Prince walks. No, it doesn't walk, but it gets through. Fresh Prince versus Friends. Fresh oh. Prince of Bel Air. I mean, was it ever a contest? Was it ever a contest? And there it is. That is our winner. Um, okay, Paul. Any uh, last closing words about concerts and for some reason TV theme songs? Big fact: 
Sometimes Kim Possible is fighting Malcolm in the middle and you have to let Adrian pick the one that you wouldn't have picked and then you're worried that people are going to think you're not really the truest, biggest Malcolm in the middle fan, but you are. It wasn't going to win against Fresh Prince anyways. Or even Friends, to be honest. What did we learn today? Go to more concerts. Some of them are cheap. What are you doing on a Friday night? You're not doing anything. Go go watch a concert. Go support local music. Buy the merch. It's the way they primarily make their income. They make, what, like .000014 cents per Spotify stream? Buy a fucking shirt. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I begged and pleaded with her day after day, but she packed my suitcase and sent me on my way. She gave me a kiss and then she gave me my ticket. I put my Walkman on and said, I might as well kick it. First class, yo, this is bad. Drinking orange juice out of a champagne glass. Is this what the people of Bel Air living like? Hmm, this might be all right. I whistled for a cab, and when it came near, the license plate said fresh and it had dice in the mirror. If anything, I could say that this cab was rare, but I thought, man, forget it. Yo, home's the Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight and I yelled to the cabbie, yo home, smell you later. Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there to sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel-Air. 